Hi, this is Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. And we're two teachers talking when Tony and I get together and talk about teaching, education, teaching in Japan, teaching language in Japan. We've been doing this for a while. As we said, it's episode number 136. And today like we're going years, to eight be... years, man. How many years? Eight years, I think. We've been doing this for eight years? I think, I think it's 2012. How many years have we it's known each other? Years. Oh, that's a too long many. Time. Too many. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe ninety nine. Maybe ninety nine. Wow! So we're going on knowing each other for twenty two years. More than twenty years, anyway, for sure. Wow! That's yeah, a wow. long time. We're getting old. <laughs> we're getting old. Okay. Well, anyway, where was I? I was saying something. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about teaching or something. Something like what is that? <laughs> And who cares, right? That's another way of looking. Well, anyone listening, I would <laughs> Hello <think>. out there. <laughs> Anybody listening probably cares a bit. Right, all three of us. And that's you and me listening, <laughs> plus probably my dog. But okay, let's get down to this here. Today, we're going to be talking about collaboration, which is one of these terms, phrases, words, that's keywords, key phrases that seem so essential to the modern world of teaching today and learning, collaborative learning, collaborative teaching, collaborating with people, working with people, working together. And except for the fact, the part of students working together, collaborating together, Tony, I think you pretty much hate the concept. Um, I... Mm. It, like, it, I think, as, as you said before when we were talking about it, it's not so much the concept. I, I just haven't had a lot of good outcome. <laughs> I haven't had a lot of good experiences with it yet, maybe. Maybe that's still to come. I don't know. Yeah, for me, it's I, I, I like the concept. I think it's a really great concept, and I always get disappointed in the real world. Yeah, and I guess maybe, maybe that's that's kind of what I'm coming at, too. But let's... um. So well, you're cool. cynical. Well, yeah. But me. no more than me. Yeah, me. <laughs> I'm the cynical one. <laughs> yeah, you're cynical. Yeah, well, you might be the only person I know who's more cynical and sarcastic than me. Yeah, well, people have been wrong about that, too. But anyway, <laughs> Tony, I'm, not really, I'm, never I'm probably wrong. not as cynical as people think. Tony, I'm never wrong. I'd lie to you. See, there you wrong. go. There I go. You That's see. what you do. <laughs> I lie. Okay. <laughs> So um, collaboration, but like, let's maybe like uh, get some ground rules, like what it is and what it isn't. It's like, um, so it's, let's take some things out, right? So it's not like um, piloting somebody's material. It's not uh, testing or editing or reviewing your feedback, right? That's not collaboration. I don't think. Um, I think if you want, uh, a keyword, I guess, maybe it's co-creation. Is that too restrictive? I don't know. I, I don't think know you're either. right that if you're like writing a paper and you ask somebody to edit, is that it collaboration? Is con- it is a kind of cl- collaboration. Yeah, I think, but, but I think it's a different thing. I think I think that's you know that's editing, right? Collaboration is like two people writing the paper or two people writing the book, co-author. That's what I'd so, say, the co-part, okay. right? I think it's co-creation and co-implementation. Okay. Yeah, I think and they yeah, don't implementation have to go together. For sure, right? You can do one or you can do the other or you can do both. But for example, you and I could be team teaching a class. 
And we could do that, that by in a collaborative way, right? Yeah, that, I mean, that by definition is collaboration, right? Kind of. But the actual reality of team teaching is, you know, you do your thing, I do my thing, and then we combine the grades, the grades at the end of the year or the end of the semester, right? Well, I did, I did that at a school too. We we had a we had a a, a, a partner, uh, and you know, one person did the odd odd chapters, the other person did the even chapters. I don't know okay. that that's collaboration. But it's not what we're actually really talking about. We're talking about the active engagement of two or more people to create something a single tool or a single product or a single outcome but i think the working together is is, is an important element of that okay right and, and that could be, be like done. it could be like teaching plan a teaching plan it could be uh creating materials mm. um it could be um curriculum design ooh that thing <laughs> yeah. And see, for me, um, I, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but that, that's okay. For me, that, I think collaboration on curriculum design, I think is maybe, uh, one of the cases where I think it can be quite valuable. And I think, like, for me, I think one of the factors that, um, uh, for me, either it works or it doesn't work is at what stage the collaboration comes in. I think, I think probably the earlier stage of, of creation, I think the, the more, for me, the more palatable it is, the more likely it is to have uh, a, an outcome that's going to make me happy. The farther we get to actual, you know, implementation or, you know, putting into practice, I start to chafe, <laughs> I think. Mm. But so, anyway, so anyway, just about those different things. So teaching plans, materials, curriculum, um, and not really co-authoring, I guess. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I think that you made an interesting point about the closer you get to the actual in-class teaching. Yeah, completion, let's call it. Yeah. Right, or the doing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the actual yeah, thing, thing itself. Mm. That – collaboration becomes less and less optimal mm. as an option. Because I know that when I have actually done like a collaborative class, and when I'm saying a collaborative class, I mean, there's somebody else in the room and we're teaching together. And we're teaching those classes together. And we're like one person will talk and then we'll hand off to the other person. And that worked for me only a couple of times. And I was working with... uh I think I've mentioned this man's name, Leslie Brizak, who passed away a number of years, who was like pretty much one of the greatest teachers I've ever seen. And Leslie and I were very good friends, and we were really able to move back and forth with each other in a kind of a non-ego way. And that worked. But the other times that I've actually done like a shared class, I felt like, you know, the other person and I were stepping on each other. And yeah. After, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and after that experience, I just said, no, I'm sorry, I'd rather teach the class myself. So, okay, let's go back to this thing called collaboration. Yeah, so, <laughs> and, so why do it? Why, what, what, okay. what are, the, what are but, the benefits? Right, but before we do that, you know, one of the things that was occurring to me while I was thinking about this podcast and, the, and t about collaboration is I kept thinking about all those w movies I watched as a kid, you know, the war movies, and you collaborated with the enemy. He's a collaborator. And it used to be a really negative term. 
And it's changed to say that somebody collaborates. So I find that really kind of fun. <laughs> so if somebody says, um, would you like to collaborate? And I go, no, <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, but let's define it a little more clearly, you think? Yeah. Well, maybe, yeah, okay. But like maybe with a with a or downside, why, why do it? Why, why do we do, why do, this do it? Thing? Why do it? Okay. Why should we do it? Yeah. Because people want us to. <laughs> It's the latest flavor of the well, month. That's not going to persuade me. Okay. I think, <laughs> well, we're. I would like to separate it out. We're not really talking about students collaborating and collaborative work in the class. That's different. That's very different. That's a different subject. We're talking about <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> you guys collaborate. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I tell that to my students, right? It's like, I always want my students doing group work. But when I was a student, mm. I hated group work. Me too. <laughs> really. I always ask the, you know, the professor, excuse me, can I just do this by myself? Yeah, these, these guys are slowing me down, man. They're holding me up. Yeah. Or I think I just wanted to exit the group before they kicked me out. But <laughs> <laughs> maintain my ego and my pride. But we're talking about teachers or educators collaborating and also – we're we're gonna get I'm gonna get into my sticking point is the what I consider to be the total lack of co um, collaboration between administrators, management, or people who are making curriculum and the teachers itself. Well, yeah, yeah, which is you know, <laughs> okay, I'm not cynical. Well, see, you know, right. going back, like, no, that was my point about curriculum design. I think that's one of the uh, uh, places where collaboration can have some real benefits. As you do, not only you know, like at a, at, the, at the smaller level with the teachers and the coordinator, but um, if if that curriculum design is being done higher up the chain, oh, you know, collaboration is going to save your necks. Well, you know, an example of that lack of collaboration is the fact that I don't know anyone who's a teacher, whether full-time or part-time, who's in our field, who was asked by a school for their opinions about how to deal with COVID or how to deal with online classes. I see a complete lack of collaboration from almost every institution that people work at. Do you know anyone who says that, yeah, their school came sent out an email or set up a meeting, says, look, we want to know what you think. We want to know your suggestions before we make a decision on this. I don't know anybody. Do you know anybody? No, of course not. Of course not. Okay. Well, thank you for saving me on that. <laughs> oh, I know a whole lot of people who did. And then it's like, okay, no. Charles, you might want to think about who you're associating with <laughs> or who's not associating with you. But no, I think, um, but as you, as you pointed over the, over the last year, as you pointed out a couple of times, um, at the at the lower levels, right? Like our, you know, at, at, on the front lines, um, especially at the beginning of last year, there was incredible collaboration, right? Um, right. We, we were kind of like thrown to the wolves by um, school administrations, and it was we were left on our own to, you know, yeah, create, learn how to learn new tools, create, you know, strategies for using those, adapting them to, you know, a, an online class, which almost none of us have done before. Um, and so, uh, um, among themselves, the teachers here, um, did some heavy duty collaboration. And I think it was very useful. 
Yeah. I wasn't, wasn't as active in it as you were. I was, I did, you know, I, I did do some coordinating. I mean, I did some explanations and things to groups and things. I don't, but again, I, I wouldn't call that exactly collaboration because we weren't doing anything together. I was doing that myself to a, a group of teachers. Okay. So then we're getting kind of to this point though, but why would you collaborate? And it's usually that two heads are better than one. Okay. And I'm going to use an example that I, do with students. And I got this uh, exercise from Malcolm Field, who was somebody I used to work with. And Malcolm sent this exercise, and it's basically this uh, image of uh, numbers. And it's like each number is made up of like a little, like a toothpick. Imagine that, right? Mm -hmm. So you have six plus four equals four. And the directions say, move one of the sticks to make the statement, the mathematical statement true. Mm. So, you know, you move a stick and you make like um, or what, or it's, I forget. And you move it to like, uh, you, 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 you change a four, four to an eight. Right, it does not equal four or something like yeah. this, right? You just move one stick to make it true. Now, when you do the exercise with students, they'll find the answer and then they'll say, okay, I have the answer. And when you do it in a group, what will happen is one student will suggest an answer, and it's very likely that another student will have another answer, because there are multiple answers to the problem. Mm -hmm. And that's an example where when people collaborate, they suddenly become aware that there are many more possible solutions. And that's what happens in collaboration, is you start thinking, okay, this is how I would do it, or this is the answer to this problem, and then somebody else makes a suggestion and you think, ah, I never thought of that. And it's those those multiple perspectives and those multiple suggestions that is, for me, the main value of collaborating is just like, I never thought of that. I never considered that. Now let me put that into place. And that's really nice in an environment where everybody is supportive and working together. And it's a non-ego environment. <laughs> So that's one reason I think why you would want to collaborate is to get different perspectives, different viewpoints. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually a bunch of different reasons. I guess maybe yeah, that's just in the one past the my my problem has been have been my collaborators. <laughs> well, let's but, get to that later. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, let's yeah, first but sure, come up like, with for example, why do it. Yeah, I mean, just when you think about it, uh, very basics, right? Um, shared workload. Uh, you can spread it around a little bit. You know, maybe lighten your own work a little bit. And, you know, obviously no need to reinvent the wheel if someone else has already done something like that before. But as you said, um, new perspectives and uh, new practices, uh, it's, you can sometimes, uh, learn some incredibly valuable, uh, lessons from things that other people are doing, right? And if you're with the right group, right? Mm. Yeah. And we've talked about this before where, if you're with the right group mm. and somebody can come in and say, for example, here's a perfect example, I think, of why collaborators, you come and you say, wow, that lesson bombed. And somebody says, tell us what happened. And you talk about it and they're like, well, okay, what about this? How about this? Did you think of this? Did you consider this? Because usually, you know, you're in a situation where you never want to admit that your class just bombed because that's, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we talked about that really early on, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you and I, when we were working together with the other people in that school, where that's exactly what it was. Yeah, you come yeah. in and you could say, 
well, that was pretty much the worst lesson I've ever taught. And everybody was like, okay, let's talk about it. You know, <laughs> let's find out what went on. So collaboration is good for um, problem solving and uh, for lack of a better term, fault finding, you know, finding out what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's really good for um, improving and tweaking and modifying things, especially like an activity. Say, hey, we need to create this activity. How can we do this? Or we have this goal. How can we accomplish it? I mean, it's almost as if the there's no reason why you shouldn't collaborate if you have good collaborators. Well, that's a big if, right? Well, that's, I think, the reason why <laughs> that's a, most that's people a big don't collaborate. On, on your collaborators, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think one of the really valuable things is getting feedback on your own ideas, your own methods, practices, and materials, and, as you said, new perspectives. Because fresh eyes, uh, they, you know, you're just too often, when you have something of your own, you're just too close to it. And you can't see something that some, is really obvious to somebody else. Um, I can think of um, two other cases where um, – I think collaboration is um, important. Uh, I think uh, it's really important with uh, newer teachers, teachers who don't have a whole lot of experience, um, because experience comes hard, right? <laughs> it takes time. Uh, and if you're uh, in a group of uh, other teachers who've been doing, who's been teaching for a number of years, uh, it's a, you can get some really nice shortcuts to some very valuable lessons. I don't mean lessons to teach. I mean, lessons to learn, um, what people do, how people do it. Um, little tidbits of wisdom. And, um, I, I don't think I'm stepping on too many toes here, but I think, uh, another case where, uh, uh, collaboration is, uh, necessary. It's with um, non-native teachers, non-native speakers who are teaching English. Um, because, And not because they're not good, <laughs> but because <laughs> languages, whether it's about us learning Japanese or, or, or our students learning English, um, language has got, it's so tricky and there's so many pitfalls and there's so many, you know, and, and there's so, so many things that about the language that are not taught in textbooks and can't and sometimes can't even be explained and uh that kind of input from native speakers um for non-native speakers uh can i think can be really really helpful um and um yeah i don't know if it's a if it's cultural or if it's just you know part of the 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 structure here i, I don't remember getting too many true collaborative requests from uh, native Japanese English teachers. Uh, they'll, 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 they'll ask you to check the answer in the book, right? It says, I don't understand why this answer is right and this answer is wrong, but not ever really in terms of the, the teaching. You know, the, you know, things about the English itself, you know, is this, is this correct or is this not correct? Um, why is this? You know, the book says this answer is right and this, and then. <laughs> Forbid, forbid the book is wrong because you'll never get them to believe that the book is wrong. I says, no, well, this is wrong. This is a mistake in the book. And it's like, no, but what if, the, no, the book is wrong. But in terms of real collaboration, I, I don't remember getting too many requests. But for non-native uh, speakers and for newer teachers, I think it can be really, really helpful. Yeah, I want to go back to when you were talking about 
collaborating for, you know, the benefits of collaboration for new teachers with experienced teachers. Yeah. And I want to talk about the reverse situation, uh-huh. which is, I think, Good. the benefit of experienced teachers working with novice teachers. Sure. Fresh eyes. And Right. Just exactly. You know, the perspective of a new teacher, somebody who hasn't really been in the classroom for a long time, they will notice things, see things, come up with ideas that are just inspiring for me. And it's not only beneficial for me from the ideas that I get from them, but when they'll ask me something like, why do you do this? Or what's the reasoning behind this? And then having to articulate (laughs) my thinking. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. Go check your textbook. (laughs) Because I did it last year. Pardon me? Because I did it last year. (laughs) I did it this year because I did it last year too. Right, exactly. And I did it the year before and then, Uh you know, Uh but that itself is so valuable for me Mm. that it forces me to actually think through why I'm doing things and what's the reasoning and if there's a better way and that just those fresh eyes in the classroom. And so I think the idea of pairing like an experienced teacher with a novice teacher is really nice. I also like, I love it when I'm with somebody who's so much better than me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm with somebody who's a real master in the classroom and that I can work with them and learn from them and see what they do. Because there's always that thing, you know, when you watch a real masterful teacher, you know, the classroom practitioner, and I use that that phrase carefully, because for me, a classroom practitioner is really somebody who's a real master in the class. And you go, how do they do that? I don't understand it. Yeah, when they how do it they? wrong, it's really easy to see what exactly. doing. someone's so, doing right. wrong. So, but when you see how it all kind of comes together, it's like, how do they do that? Right, right, right. But that's such a good point, because I tell students who are going to, um, you know, doing student training, as I said, you know, you, it's really hard to learn from somebody who's really good, but it's really easy to learn from somebody who's really bad, because you can easily <laughs> see what they're doing wrong. But I think the idea of being able to watch somebody who really is so much better than I am and to kind of go, wow, that's great. And so I'm going to kind of move on a little bit in a problem with collaboration or an example. I know that there are schools where the administrator in charge or the program coordinator will come in and observe your class so that they can help you improve your teaching. Mm Mm-hmm. And I always say to them, you know, you're going to be able to come in and like find some things that I can improve. But if you really want to improve my teaching, let me watch somebody else's class so I can learn from them. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense for me to observe somebody else than for you to observe me. And that would be an example of collaboration to me, is that you're going in and you're watching somebody work and then you're able to sit down with them and ask them, why did you do that? How did you do that? And that's a little bit away from working towards a project or a specific lesson. But the end goal there is for someone to become a better instructor, a better educator. But I use that example of the classroom observation as something that shows how people approach things in the wrong direction. It's um, kind of like if you have a collaboration and then people say, please submit your notes of your meetings. So we know what you're doing. And it's like, well, if you do that, I'm not going to collaborate because you just gave me extra work. And I see that kind of, you know, let's add on the extra work yep, so that people can be sure that you're actually doing something is just a killer for innovation. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, 
we can look at institutional impediments, um, organizational impediments to collaboration. But the problem is of why to do it or why I should collaborate. And I look at the return on investment or, you know, the cost benefit analysis of, you know, the amount of time, energy, organizing, getting together with people, finding shared times, et cetera, that I'm hesitant to do it unless I have a good idea of who the person I'm working with is and I have some history of working with them. Because it takes a long time for me to learn how to work with someone and to have the confidence and comfort to be able to express ideas. If that makes sense. And if you let that me make, that makes for- that makes total sense because yeah. uh, the, the, I think the um, the reality of uh, collaborating with somebody is it's not a simple thing. It's not you can sit something, okay, collaborate. It really is very complex and it's, it's, um, requires the kind of things that you're talking about, the, just the interaction between or among the people that are involved, um, and personalities, approaches and, and, and small little things. And it's, it's a, I think in order for it to work, it's got it to be a very, it's a very delicate balancing act. It really is. I still remember when we were working together and I had been working on, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but this is an example of trust, I think, you know, people really working together. Because I would say that that group we had was a pretty good group in terms of collaboration. Oh, extremely, extremely good. I've, I've never seen anything like that since then. Correct. In my working career. But I remember I was working on something that I thought was a really great idea. <laughs> and I had talked about it and finally we were having a meeting and I presented the idea. And I think like pretty much everybody went, nah, Charles, you know, this is like a pretty bad idea. This isn't going to work. And I went, okay, <laughs> fine. See, that's went, a, that, that, early st- that early stage is where collaboration would have come in handy. <laughs> well, I don't think, you know, I talked about it and – Everybody was like, okay. But when I had the final presentation, I think over time, and we had been talking and talking, everybody finally got to a point. And it might have been because we were far enough into the program, into the development of the program and running the program, whatever. But that idea that, you know, people were just like, nah, this is not going to work. And to be able to say that, right? To say, you know what? That's pretty much the stupidest idea I've ever heard. (laughs) And then to be able to say, okay, cool. Got it. Thanks. Let's not do it. I think that if you want to have true collaboration, you have to have that kind of back and forth so that people are feel free to really say what they want in sure. respectful and meaningful ways, and people are listening. Because usually what happens is somebody will present an idea, and then you think, well, you know, my real-world experience in the classroom tells me that's not going to work. And the person says, well, you know, what about – and they won't give in. They're, because they're not collaborating. They're presenting, and they want their idea to go through. And, you know, collaboration for me is kind of like this the concept of freedom of speech. I think most people have it backwards. I think most people see collaboration as, ah, I'm going to be sharing with people. And most people see freedom of speech as being, it's my right to say whatever I want. I think it's the opposite. I think if I use my example of freedom of speech, freedom of speech is not my right to say whatever I want. It's my responsibility to have to listen to opinions and ideas I don't like or I don't agree with. 
And that's what I think is true in collaboration, is that you're there to hear what other people have to say and to riff with them on what's going on and be willing to explore the ideas rather than just, you know, push your own idea. Because if you're strongly pushing your own idea, you're not really collaborating, I think. And that's not an example of collaboration. It's not, I think we're really talking about this kind of shared developmental experience. And when it works, it's one of the most wonderful things imaginable. And But the usual cases, it's painful, it's awkward, it's difficult, and it's not that productive compared to working independently. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And I think a big part of like, you know, correlate to what you just said uh, you know the 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 partner or the or the partners the team members um who they are uh, is is key and um so often myself as you said uh the the great part about it is getting other people's ideas well most of the times when i've been put in that kind of a situation um there's nothing forthcoming you know, people are staring at the desk. There's, there's, and it's, it's not like their, their ideas are bad. They just don't have any. And, um, I, I always, not always, but I often, uh, leave frustrated. It's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm putting out and I'm contributing. I'm getting nothing out of this. I'm just, I've just wasted an hour because no one else has said anything or contributed anything. And, um, okay. Now you got all my little gems here. Huh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's like, let me, can I go back to work now and get something done? Um, and, uh, uh, a lot of it is, um, you know, we talk about like that's like, I, I don't, you probably know about this. The mythical man month. This is, this comes from, um, software engineering, writing software. Right. And it says like, well, you want to get, okay, you know, this project's going to take two months. And it says, well, let's double the number of programmers and get it done in one month. I go, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. Uh, it says when you right. get, and, and it's, it, it was, a, it, it, I looked it up and the, the guy's name is Brooks. And, uh, this, uh, the central idea, it's uh, the mythical man month essays on software engineering. Uh, and Fred Brooks is the name. And the, the, the central theme and adding manpower. Sorry, ladies. Adding, adding human power Whoops. to, a, to a late, uh, song. Da, da, da. I, not my words, not my words. <laughs> I'm writing a quote here. Uh, just, yeah, you have to say you're quoting, right? Yeah, I'm quoting here. I'm quoting. Adding, adding people <laughs> to a late software project makes it later. Well, you know, can you please tell that to most of the organizations? <laughs> See, you know, it's not uncommon, and it's exactly why I try. To, I like working alone because things seem to come out a lot faster and a lot better. Yeah. Well, and going down the road of being politically incorrect or whatever, I think that's something I've noticed in Japan is this concept that if we throw more people at the problem and they spend more hours working on the problem, <sighs> the problem will get solved more quickly. <laughs> Yeah, we know how uh, that works. Um, excuse me, you know, waving hand and <laughs> yeah. saying, uh, there's some research about this. There's some real world evidence that says that's not the case. Yeah. And so it's, it's a yeah. whole efficiency thing. That's one thing. And then there's, um, and this is a little more tenuous. It's, it, it, you know, you think about talk about like organizations, people with vision. So you tell, like, I guess the, in our time, the, the prototypical example is Steve Jobs and Apple. All right. Um, the, 
he, 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 he took it his way and he made that his company for better or for worse sometimes and things. Um, but there was, when he was around, there was no question about what Apple was or what it was going to be. And, um, the other bromide throughout, like the, the, the camel, right? A camel is a horse designed by committee. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, I love that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, a camel is a result of collaboration. It's like, yeah, it's got to be this, got to be that. It's like, okay, there it is. It's done. <laughs> we got all, we got all the things there. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, look at you. My, look, look at my, this picture of a horse. <laughs> Isn't this better? <laughs> I guess maybe unless you're, unless you're in the desert. But, uh, you know, like, well, said, maybe like a a, two heads is... are better than one, but too many cooks spoil the broth. So where do you draw the line? Don't collaborate. <laughs> Work independently. <laughs> well, think... reasons for that, right? It's because if for me, one of the, one of the, 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 the blockades that come up is that, um, stu- you know, my class, <clears throat> my class, my uh, students needs differ. We talked a lot about in the past about, um, uh, needs assessment. But, um, yeah, every class is different from university to university, class to class. Um, you walk in, it's a completely different school culture. The kids are supposedly at the same level, but they're, they may be at the same level in a, in a very different way. Um, and they're used to being taught or they want to be taught or they will only be taught a certain way. And it might be really different from somebody else where you have like one place where the students are really engaged and other students are there, you know, they're maybe it's a little bit lower level, but they're, they're so distant and disconnected that what's going to work in one place is not going to work on another. And so listen to somebody's, you know, something that's going to work really well for that, for this guy and, and at, at that particular school. Well, I'm in a completely different situation. Um, the teachers are different. You know, they, they have different priorities. They have different focus in their class, even though it's just, you know, the same class, maybe, but, um, you know, people have a different approach, how you handle, for example, the way that you handle manners in the classroom, maybe something different from somebody else. Um, Allison, you're really big on pronunciation, um, which I never really address unless it's a. I barely address. Yeah. Unless it's unless a big, it's, I mean, it's it's a small thing, small corrections, but I don't make it a big thing. Right. But everybody's different that way. The teachers are different. We have different teaching styles. Um, and it's a, you, know, you come out like choice of tools. To open up a little bit, whether it's a teaching school or a baseball bat, a golf club, a kitchen knife, a tool choice. Are these the tools you use in the classroom, Tony? Yeah, well, <laughs> if, if need be, if need be, yeah. I, ha- I I do use kitchen utensils in in my class. Well, I used to. Hopefully, teaching. Not. Yeah, it may happen. I was wondering about the golf club. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wish I could have had one a couple of <laughs> a few times, but um, your tool choice. It's, it's a, it's a personal thing. Um, and some of us are really particular about our tools. I think you are to, for me, the pen that I use, the software, <laughs> let's not go on that road, the software I use, the mouse keyboard, the tactile touch. I'm, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fetish almost. It's like I'm really, really particular about the tools that I use. And I think that's probably true of the, the, the tools that I use in the classroom. It's like, um, more than likely, you know, and I can, not that I can't learn from somebody else, get, get a good idea again early on in the process. But when it comes down to the actual, to the, the final stages, I really got to tailor this for my class and for me. Uh, and it's gets, 
increasingly less likely, is that in English, is it gets decreasingly likely, I don't know which is the best way to say that, um, it becomes less and less likely that um, the other set of tools is going to be useful for me in, in my classroom. Um, sometimes a generic tool is good enough, you know, a letter opener. I don't care. I'll use a nail file. <laughs> a pair of scissors, Get your but uh, yeah, a butter knife, whatever. But for um, critical work, the tool makes a difference, right? And uh, when I was, um, you know, preparing for today and stuff, came across just by I think talking about the right tool. Um, old timers will uh, recognize the book um, "Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance." Uh, Something a lot of us read long, long time ago, probably in college. The 1970s. The 70s, yeah. Robert Persig, right? That's right. That's right. And uh, the whole like, notion and of And it's quality. not about motorcycle maintenance. <laughs> not really. <laughs> well, you're the motorcycle, right? Right. It's kind of, um, by the way, just to interrupt you, it's like trout sure. fishing in America. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Richard Brodigan, it has nothing to do with trout fishing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, that whole... Um, and again, it, it, it does become, you know, not to get too goofy here, but uh, like in the classroom, it does become when you're, when you, when you and your tools and the classroom are all humming along, it is very zen-like. You know, when you occasionally, I don't know how often it happens, um, but you finish a class and it's, you get that, there's that, the resonant hum in the air, like, ooh. Like something happened here. <laughs> something happened here. These kids, this class worked. These kids learned something. Um, and uh, ha- you know, you define what's the job and what's the best tool for the job. I have vague memories of that feeling. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But you're right. When it no, when it happens, it's just you know what it's a magic. Rush. It's what a it's, rush. God, it, it feels so yeah. good. But I think what you're talking about with tools makes a lot of sense to me like i'm like you right my keyboard has to have a certain feel there's a certain kind of you know uh pen i want to use or yep. you know i mean microphone i want to use or it's you know i'm yeah i think you know i don't want to i don't want to say that you know i have a gear fetish but more that i'm sensitive to the equipment that i use but that is i think something to talk about which is that collaboration tools are a big problem is that some of the tools are really hard to use so that we can have collaboration. And I want to talk a little bit more about that a little bit later, but the idea of the teacher, as I understand it, and I see teaching as a collaborative endeavor, as a collaborative project, whereby my job is to implement the learning goals that the institution has defined and the outcomes the institution has defined for the particular course or classes that they have assigned me to teach. Now, the reason I have problems is that most of the time, I don't get those. I can go into most schools and say, excuse me, can you please tell me what is the exit, exit proficiencies for a student who takes my course, the class that you've given me to teach? What are the specific exit proficiencies that these students should be able to perform? And people don't know that, and they or they can't say it. And it's because people want to collaborate, and they think that working together is great, but nobody bothers to think 
how to collaborate. What's the process of collaboration? Or for example, you know, uh, the idea of backwards design, where define your goal, define your outcomes, define your objectives, and then let's figure out the steps to get there. I think that's a big problem. And when I go back into the classroom, like you say, where I'm very particular about what I want to do, or you know, do I want to use a projector, or do I prefer the television, or do you use a laptop? Or, for example, often I'll plug an Apple TV into the projector so that I can walk around the classroom while using my iPad. Um, you know, I'm, I'm particular about that, but if somebody tells me which tools to use, that makes me chafe especially um learning management systems <laughs> you know mm. um where you force me to use something that is unwieldy for me or doesn't work with my specific approach to work but i want to do you want to talk about like collaboration tools i don't know enough about them uh, again well, I, I don't they have not a lot of i haven't used much um, most of mine have just been kind of face to face, so I don't really have a lot to contribute there. Well, the biggest collaboration tool that people use is the worst one, and it's called email. Silence. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. <laughs> but you know, people. You know, I mean, you know, we you get these threads. The other day, there was I actually had a thread. I think that it was twenty threads deep or something. Email. And, you know, this is like one of my pet peeves is people think that, okay, we need to collaborate. So we need to share everything with everybody. And so I end up getting CC'd emails for things that I don't even care about or I don't need to know. And it goes back to we haven't really gotten a clear definition of collaboration, number one. And number two, we're using tools or most people are using tools that don't result in collaboration being productive or effective. Email is like the worst thing I know of. I hate using email. I hate using email to work with people overall. And there's so many new collaborative tools, and I'm specifically thinking of, for example, um, you know, like Notion, and maybe we can link to that, or something like Bit you know, AI. These are web-based um, tools that allow people to work on documents together, to share information, to create wikis, to interact, to engage, to communicate within the app. I think we're going to have to find some way to actually introduce people to effective tools that they can use to collaborate because if COVID continues, you know, this kind of distance collaboration is going to increase. And I personally don't want to sit in another meeting the rest of my life. You know, I'm so tired of poorly run meetings um, or meetings that are just unnecessary. And again, people think that, oh, meetings, we meet together, we sit together, we get to talk with each other is collaboration. No, a meeting is a decision-making kind of event, I think. That at least is my mind. It's that when you get to a meeting, you should say, okay, now we have to make some decisions. Let's vote. Let's get it done. The a collaboration process or time for collaboration is a very different thing for me. 
but I think I'm rambling as usual. Um, you want to run with something on that? Save me from digging myself. No, no, no. You hole. keep digging. You keep digging because because this you, is again, this is all pretty foreign to me. It's like we need to like, let's get together and collaborate. They, I think people, I think know already not to ask me that question because I say no, <laughs> no, no, thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll do it myself. Um, but yeah, I just if I if I can get out of it, I get out of it because. My again, my experience, it's just uh it's just not the most efficient way to get things done. So you know the example geez, more than twenty years ago I was co authoring a, a textbook and um I was my, the guy that I was working with just really gung ho and working together. I was like, Let's get together and I said, and I would sit with him in his office and we'd co work on the, the book. Then I would go home and I would have to like redo everything. And I said, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm an egoist. Um, I say, I don't, I don't think so. But, um, yeah, it's just that, uh, you know, whether it's a different idea of what the, the finished product should be or what the outcome should look like or a different idea about standards, um, or how to meet those standards. It's like, when in the collaborative situations that I've been in, it's it's not the tool because most of it's been you know in in past it's been face to face. It's not really the tools get in the way. It's 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 the collaborators. Um, so it's like yeah, yeah, you might you know I I feel you know often felt like my standards aren't being met. You might you might think my thinking and product sucks. Okay. You've proven my point. <laughs> you do it your way. I'll do it my. It's perfect for me, but it's unusable for you, and and maybe vice versa. Um, and that's not to say that neither of us could learn something from the other person's approach. But I very quickly bump up against the the limits. Um, and so like we you're, you're talking about emails. Like no, I I don't. I haven't been involved in any of that at all. Um, I have people ask me questions and people ask me advice. I answer them and that's it. I have not been involved other than, you know, basic big chain type email things. There might be like union type things. Um, but generally with those, uh, I don't have gotten that involved. So I don't, I don't have that experience and I don't have any experience using the other collaborative tools. I know early on, uh, you were, Talking about uh, using Slack for classes, and I, I looked at it and I says, "Absolutely not for me. This is all static. Signal noise ratio is way high. The last thing I need is like interaction, inter- more interaction with six hundred students. Oh, I don't want. I don't want one more. If I, each of those students said one thing, it would kill my week. I can't get involved in that. I have to distance myself from that kind of thing. And to a lesser extent, it, it's kind of the same thing." Um, if I was collaborating with teachers in, a, in my or, ordinary school week, how, how much time do I have for collaboration? Zero. <laughs> a zero, you know, maybe a little, you know, discussion or something during the breaks or so forth, so on. But, uh, no, um, it's not, you know, uh, I, I'm, I was infantry. There's bullets coming in. <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> I don't have I don't have time for fooling around. Well, but so no, the, the tools I don't know. Yeah. 
Just so you know, I don't use Slack in my classes. <laughs> I only use them you, in small groups like my seminars. But you tried, right? Yeah. Um, actually, not for big classes. Hmm. Right. And not for all my classes, for sure, because I realized, well, first off, getting everybody to sign up was a pain. Hmm. And our school uses Microsoft Teams, and it, does, hmm. it doesn't work for me. Hmm. Right? It, you know, to work with students, because all the students are on the system. Yeah. And I could create, you know, teams for each class, but it's just, I just find myself, you know, fluster, flustered and frustrated by uh, the whole way it works. It's just not something that works for me, although other people seem to be successful using it. Yeah. So I, I think you're pleasure. right. I haven't had you to know use that. it. Pardon me? I don't, I don't have the pleasure. I haven't had to use it, Teams. Yeah. It just didn't work for me. You know, some things just don't work. They work for other people, but they don't work for me. And that was the case. Yeah, I think that there's also the other part, that wonderful saying that when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's how people treat collaboration. Yeah. It's just like, okay, is this something that we need to collaborate on? Does collaboration have more benefits than everybody working independently? You know, that's a real good question to ask. And what I find is that in most of the institutions I've worked at, the idea is, now, you know, we'll make the decisions independently, and then you'll implement them. And I kind of want to say, well, you know, most people want to give feedback on this because um, some of these things are not going to work in the real world, or they're excessive, or they're not practical. It just seems to me that there's so much use of collaboration because it's in vogue right now. And people just don't think about it. People don't say, you know, is this the proper use for it? Will there be some really good benefits? It's just like in the classroom. Like sometimes group work is a really good idea and sometimes group work is not. And also collaboration, as you've pointed out, is good for some people and not good for others in the same way that, you know, group work is hell for an introvert. And there has to be variation and we have to figure out, does it fit? Is this the optimal tool to create the optimal results in this situation? And People and organizations and institutions and groups need to, you know, think through that really carefully. And after you'd make that decision to collaborate, I would greatly appreciate it if you have tools in place and processes and procedures that ensure that the collaboration is productive, number one, and number two, worthwhile for me. Because it's as you said, you would go in and work with that person. And the collaboration would not result in less work for you. At all, usually. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to toot my own horn here, back when we worked together, that I had that one rule, remember, which was, I cannot implement anything that increases your workload. The goal was, whatever tweaks improvements, processes, procedures that we put in place, they have to decrease the teacher's workload so that they can focus on the classroom. And, you know, I don't know too many people who <laughs> have told me that they had a similar view. Yeah, unfortunately. Right? <laughs> unfortunately. And so collaboration results in a lot of people backing out because it's like, nah, I don't want the extra work, I don't want the pain, and I'm not going to get a lot out of it. Well, that's my right. position. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that, that's what you've summed up, right? Rational agent. 
agency, right? You're yeah. a rational agent. You know, you look at it and is this worth my time? Yeah, and so, and so I guess for, like for me, like, like I guess the critical elements are one is like one is this the stage of production, right? So, for example, like like brainstorming, right? At the, in, in starting off a project or whatever it might be, uh, whether it's curriculum, whether it's class plans, whatever it is. Like at the, initially, I think that can be really useful. You talk about general things. Um, kind of wide open and, uh, brainstorming type activities. That, that's, that's great. That's fine. I get less comfortable the closer the, the project gets to completion. And I think at that point for me, it really needs to branch off and get personalized. Not, not just for me, for anybody, um, for the teacher and for whatever the specific classes that he or she is, uh, teaching. And go back to the idea of like from curriculum design to the class plan, right? At the curriculum design level, yeah, um, you need input. I mean, it's a it's a big vision, right? And it's, there's a lot. There has to be a lot of room for lots of different perspectives. But when you come down to, um, you know, that ninety minute session <laughs> that you're going to have, um, I want to think that that's kind of got to be you. Well, I agree. You know, my my attitude has always been as a teacher, and when I was a administrator is give people the goals or give me the goals and the objectives and then, you know, trust my professional ability to get it done in the best way that I see fit for the students you've given me. And I just think that in that sense, as you say, collaboration is a good idea at curriculum development level and maybe if you have general ed classes at syllabus level where you're describing yeah, what yeah. the goals and objectives of the courses are. And maybe like, uh, you know, rubrics, developing rubrics in a general ed class where people are giving roughly the same assignments. I think collaboration is a good thing, especially when you kind of go, oh, that's a good rubric. Do you mind if I use it? Okay, that saved me a lot of work. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I think we've kind of been clear that there's certain levels within the education process where collaboration works, but we have to trust the teacher and give the teacher the space to, to run with what you have developed. But in that actual classroom, hey, what are you doing in the classroom? Let's collaborate on that. I think that's going to result in just a time sink for me. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought the whole question of whether it's going to result in a kind of like freedom or liberation opening up, or is it going to be restrictive and an anchor around your neck? Right. That's another point about collaboration. And we always have to ask that. It's just not a one-size-fits-all thing. Like, ah, oh, we should collaborate. Well, why is collaboration better than you and I working independently? And there's a the next part of that question is, why should – is collaboration better than us working independently? And why is collaboration better than us sharing our results or experiences later on? Mm. And so I can look at what you did and see what you did. You could show me your website with your classes or, you know, the LMS, or you can show me some of your materials. Maybe I don't have to talk to you. I can look at something and go, wow, this is really good. I'm going to use this. What a great idea. Mm. Mm. So we should separate out. I mean, maybe this is a, a good way to kind of start closing things down is that sharing ideas and sharing materials does not have to be done in a collaborative environment or in a collaborative situation. Collaborative is a specific, you know, activity where you're trying to 
solve a problem and achieve some goals. And it's essential to have multiple viewpoints and have people working together and maybe to distribute a workload to achieve those goals. But in another situation, just having, you know, sharing mechanisms will achieve a lot of what people think is uh, required with collaboration and, you know, meetings and collaborative software. So they're just different. So ask yourself, which one is best? Does the tool fit and which accomplishes our needs the most? And I think, you know, at that point, I probably can wind down my opinions about collaboration. Okay. Well, kind of a, an interesting uh, segue there. Um, and you talk about uh, sharing ideas. And uh, as a matter of fact, there's um, somebody I know is involved in a new project, kind of a, a different way of sharing ideas, started up something called Modular Press. Oh, and that guy! That guy. So maybe, maybe you want to. You don't want to talk to. You want to tell us about uh, modular press, Charles? What you got going uh, there? Okay, let me see. So thanks. <laughs> yeah, you know, modular press. This is Tony. You know, we've been talking about this idea I've had for a number of years. Hmm. And what basically happened is, I was looking at all the people I work with, and they're almost everyone I work with is really competent and really good educator. And everybody I know has like good ideas and everybody I know has some really good materials. Almost anyone I could I know I could say, "Hey, do you, do you have your own textbook? Could you write a textbook?" And most people would say, "No." But if I said to you, for example, Tony, I said, "Hey, do you have like a set of materials or a unit or a lesson plan that you've taught that is really good that you could share with people. And you could say, hey, yeah, I have this really good lesson about, um, for example, using open-ended questions and expanded answers as a means for improving students' discussion skills. And so that got me thinking, like, what if there was a site where teachers could upload their standalone units, and then you could go and you could say, hey, I like this unit, I like this unit, I like this unit, and you could piece them together to make a textbook. And that was the original idea of kind of like a marketplace of standalone units that teachers could work together with. So that is an incredibly difficult project, and the code for that is just beyond me. But what Modular Press is right now is a it's a small digital press so that um, have like teacher and myself, we've put some materials up that students can access and they can access these materials online. And it has certain advantages in the online version where you can embed multimedia, audio, video, um, charts, graphs, PowerPoints, and it never goes outside of the website. And the students stay inside the website and they can read the text along with the multimedia and it also enables students to be able to download an EPUB. A colleague of mine, Malcolm Field, has published a textbook for his one of his universities that he works at. And the students are downloading an EPUB version. They pay for that 
textbook, and that gives them a one-semester subscription to the online version, which has all the multimedia, the EPUB doesn't, and all the other, for example, annotation tools, communication tools, note-taking tools that come along with using Modular Press. So it's my attempt to give the teachers I know a place to put up their materials and actually get published and have a way to, number one, create more interactive and engaging text, be able to have text that can be amended, edited, adapted, modified on the fly. So, for example, if you make your own textbook, it's published, it's in paper, it can't be fixed. But with Modular Press, for example, if you put up five chapters, ten chapters for a textbook, and then you say, you know, I want to change the order, that can be done like within a few minutes, or you want to change a chapter, embed something new, take out some materials, adapt, or most importantly, and this was one of the really motivating things, is let's say you create a textbook and you publish the textbook or you order the textbook for students, and then you have to do that ahead of the class, and then you know you walk into a class, you know this one where you look and you kind of go, okay, that was a bad choice for the textbook. <laughs> you know, you either overshot or undershot. Here, what could happen is you could actually go in, ideally, once we get completely set up, that you could go into your class, meet your class, get an idea of who they are, and then say, okay, now I'm going to go to Modular Press. Let me look at what the texts are available, which ones I want to use. Let me mix and match them, and then make them accessible to the students. So it just increases a lot of freedom. It's kind of my dream project, and I'm hoping that it also will um, result in much cheaper textbooks for students. And if anyone's interested, they can contact me through, you know, the two teachers talking at gmail.com, our, our website here. And our basic business model is that if you publish with us, um, you get 70% of the sale, which is a huge royalty compared to if you publish a textbook through, you know, a publishing company. We take 30% for operating costs and paying for services and things like that. So, that's basically it. And so far, the feedback we've received from students has been very positive. They like the textbooks. And, uh, you know, they like, you know, the wonderful thing is, you know, a student can never say they forgot the textbook. Not to say that there aren't disadvantages. One of the things I'm really working on is the workbook issue or how do you write in textbooks. And so, again, it's not a one-size-fits-all thing, but it does seem to be working pretty well and the students have responded positively. So that's my spiel. And you want to give us a URL for that site, Charles? Oh, I guess I could do that. <laughs> I mean, it'll be in the show notes. It'll be, it'll be in, in the show on, notes. On the webpage, but you but... just have to type in modularpress.org.org. So no space. It's all, no space between modular and press. So it's M-O-D-U-L-A-R-P-R-E-S-S dot O-R-G. Okay. And that's the reading site. And there's a couple of um, sample works that are open. One of the works is only accessible if people have been granted permission. And that's because that textbook is being sold by the person who wrote it. So um, if you want to put some materials up that you have and try it out, please contact me. If you think you have a textbook or some chapters you want to put up, we can do that also. Um, please get in touch with me. And it's really an attempt. It's, it's actually, I think, it really is an attempt at collaboration, you know, working together and providing a platform for teachers so that even if you don't have a textbook, but you have a bunch of materials that really work for your class and you want to have them 
like in one spot where students can just get to them instead of having to click on a link, click on a link, click on a link. This might be something you might want to use. Okay. All right. This this episode of Two Teachers Talking brought to you by <laughs> Modular Press, a boutique digital press. Right. We'll send we'll send you a bill. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess I <laughs> we'll can, send you a bill for the I can sponsor my own podcast. Okay. There's something strange about that. That doesn't seem like a good financial move. <laughs> okay. So I think we covered collaboration pretty, pretty much. Well. Huh? So we're just out on, out for, in, out into the wilderness. Yeah. Man, we 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 called it last month, huh? Jeez. How close? Okay. What so it's a month. Say? It's a month later, and everything is still in flux. Are you ask any teacher? Are you going to be in class? Are you going to be work teaching from home? I don't know. <laughs> oh man, and it's you know it's changing every day. It's changing every day. Yeah. Well, I think I said by the end of April we'd be all be online. I think I might be a couple of weeks early. But a lot of places I know are going online, and some places are really digging in their heels. Yeah. It's interesting to watch. Yeah. Maybe dangerous. I don't know. Okay. Tony, you want to do the closing? Okay. So, yeah, it's uh, two teachers talking everywhere that you can imagine at gmail.com on the web, two teachers talking.com. And uh, thanks for spending your hour with us. And uh, we'll uh, talk to folks next month. Thanks a lot, Charles. Thank you, Tony. See you. Bye.